Hey, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. My name is Derek Puckett. I'm the lead pastor at Renewal Church of Chicago. If you want to know more information about us, you can head to our website at RenewalChicago.com. I pray today that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your soul. Well, family, if, if you would, go ahead and open your Bibles with me to 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. We're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 1 through 8, and we're going to split this over two weeks. Uh, today we will read verses 1 through 8, and we'll discuss that, and then we'll go through uh, verses 9 through 18 next week, and we're going to look at the life of Elijah as we continue in our mental health and gospel series. Y'all, if you haven't checked out our gospel and race conversation from last week where we talked about mental health, you need to go check that out. You hear me? You need to go listen to that. It was a, um, the conversation was off the chain. Uh, God showed up and, and the information that was given and all that was said, I mean, pricked my heart in many different ways as well as challenged me, encouraged me. Um, I've listened to it a few different times over the last week and I, I just pulled from it. And, and I, I think you will too. I think it will encourage you. And I want to say this too, if you're dealing with some of that stuff or you're struggling through some of the information or you're in a place and you're like, that's me, I need some counseling, I need some help, don't stay there by yourself. Don't sit and wallow in that place by yourself. Reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, reach out to the pastors, myself or Pastor Steve or even our staff or elders so we can just help walk you through this time. I, I know it was some things that were dropped and some nuggets dropped that were, that were tough and it was, it was hitting you right in that place or, or you're like, I, I don't know how to reconcile. I don't know how to work through this. So, so go ahead and reach out to us. And that's throughout this whole mental health series. There are going to be things that we talk about that you're struggling with or you didn't even know you're struggling with. Some of you have reached out already saying, Pastor D, help me find a counselor or can I sit with you? Do that. That's what we're here for. Let us walk with you. Let's help give you guidance in this time. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. And y'all, I love this story of Elijah because it shows us what it's like to walk with God when we get into those places where we feel like God is distant from us or we can't see him, we can't feel him, and we're down and depressed and we're down and out. And it shows us how God reacts to us in those places. And, 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 and namely, he cares for us. So if you got a Bible, if you haven't got it, go ahead and get in 1 Kings chapter 19. That's where we're going to be. Uh, we're going to read those first eight verses together. If you got it, go ahead and write, got it in the chat. Amen, amen. I, I see you and I hear you. Let's start in verse 1. It reads this way. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid and he arose and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and he came and he sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die, saying, Is it enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm no better than my father's. And he lay down and he slept under a broom tree and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, look at this, arise and eat. And he looked and behold, there was at his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. And he ate and he drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time. That's twice. 
and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and he ate and he drank and he went in the strength of the, of the food 40 days and 40 nights to horror of the mount of God. Very words of God. Amen. Today I want to preach on the topic, God cares. God cares. Everyone say, God cares. Let us pray. Father, thank you right now. I simply pray as I do each week that you would hide me behind the cross. Let us hear your word. Not my word, but your word. As we need to hear from you. Increase me so that you may increase, God. Get glory, Jesus. And I say in your mighty name we all said together, amen. Amen. Well, today as we look at this prophet Elijah... We see him in a very different scenario than we're probably used to seeing him or used to hearing about Elijah. Maybe it was in Sunday school or Bible school, whatever it might have been. You're used to hearing hearing about him a different way. We're used to hearing about him being this prophet that had all these mountaintop experiences with God, and God used him in immense ways. But today, we see him in a very different place We see him in a place where I would like to argue that his flesh and his mind and his emotions get the best of him. How many of us can be honest this morning and say that during this pandemic, you've kind of straddled that fence a bit? Maybe you've been wallowing in your sorrow the whole time. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I, I, I've been in that place. I've been straddling the, the fence a little bit and my sorrow and my feelings and my emotions a bit. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I'm more of a, a charge the hill kind of guy. I see a task in front of me and I charge the hill. I, I take it on. I'm, I'm kind of that guy. But the problem in a pandemic, it ain't too many hills to charge. And so this has left me in a place where I've had to deal with some of the mess in my own heart and deal with some of the mess in my head and the lies that I'm believing, lies that I'm believing like maybe I'm not good enough or I, I, I'm not doing enough, lies that tell me I may not be a good enough father or I'm not providing enough for my family, I'm not a good husband. And, and here's the thing, if I'm really honest, those lies and those thoughts probably existed. Yeah, in fact, they did exist before COVID came around or the pandemic came around. But, but when the pandemic comes around, it, 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 there's no more ventures for me to attack. There's no more heels for me to take on because that's what I would do. When these things arose in my spirit or in my soul, I'd be like, oh, let me go take on something else to hide these pains. I, I don't want to deal with this. But now in a pandemic, I had to sit with myself. Some of y'all are are right there with me. See, this has left me at at times unmotivated, even feeling unworthy of God's calling and God's goodness. And like I said, many of you are are sitting in that same place. That's me, Pastor D. That's where I've been in, in the past year. And others of us are like, yeah, I I knew I dealt with that, and I walked into the pandemic, and the stuff just got worse. All the ways in my head, I'm in my emotions, I'm in my feels, all of that stuff. You see, psychologists, they're saying that COVID has been, it's kind of like an iron magnet for pulling out past hurts and 
things that people have kind of stuffed down deep and, and now they're being forced to deal with it or they're encountering things that they've never dealt with in their lives. People are struggling. People are struggling. The, the, no, no, the number one request right now for help is help my marriage. The number two request is, is help my family. The number three request with counselors is, can you help me through my trauma? Can you, can you help me through this place of recovery? I need some help. Counseling centers are busting at the seams. They're being flooded with people requesting to have help. Not only because we're in a pandemic, but you know why? Because that false narrative that has been underlying in our society, this stigma against counseling saying that it's not a good thing, it, it, it's, it's juxtaposed now against this lie about I can pull myself up by my own bootstraps in America. Here's the reality. We can't solve a pandemic. So we're sitting in there and we're like, what's going on in my soul? What's going on in my head? We need some help. And see, I would argue that th this place where our mind and our, and our flesh gets the best of us, it could be one of the most dangerous places for a person to sit, but it also can be one of the most fruitful places for a person also. Hear me, feelings and, and wallowing in this place of, of, of sorrow and in our own feelings, it can either be toxic or it can be redemptive. Follow me. Our feelings can lead us to uh, on a downward spiral towards toxicity, or they can lead us on an upward place to redemption. It can lead us on the upswing. It all depends on what you choose to believe and who's actually helping you. So the question I have for us this morning is, and I want us all to answer this, and I don't want you to be quick to answer this, but what's that place you, you, you found your solace in, that, that place that you've been running to for rest? What, what, where's that place? Where have you been running? What have you been running away from? Where are you running to for rest in this last year, this whole pandemic period? And as we walk through our time today and we look at Elijah, what I want you to do, I want you to slip on my man's boots. I, I want you to get down into the story, into this narrative. And I, I want you to put your, put, your, put your person into Elijah's person. I, I want you to slip on my man's shoes. And, and I want you to see how God reacts to this place where Elijah is afraid and he's running. I want you to see that God cares cares for us. I want to cover two things this morning. Number one, our fleshly reminder, and number two, God cares despite our flesh. Number one, our fleshly reminder, and number two, God cares despite our flesh. Now, in order to really understand what's going on in our text today, we got to understand where Elijah is, is coming from. So that means we got, we got to go back through a few chapters and, and look at where Elijah comes on the scene. My man, in 1 Kings chapter 17, Elijah comes on the scene because he, he steps into the king's corridor and he steps up to the most reckless king of all time up to this point, and that's King Ahab. King Ahab was known for his recklessness, and, and, uh, and he worships this god named Baal, the god 
God of the rain and, and the fertility of the land. And my man, Elijah, is sent by God. He walks in there and he says, look, King Ahab, my God told me to say, and this is the truth, it's not going to rain until he says so through me. And, and, and in that moment, what he's doing is, is calling king, the king's God to the mat. Like, look, your God, Baal, is not a real God. He's, in fact, an idol. Something you have put in place of the real God, you've made him ultimate, when in reality, there's only one ultimate God. He calls his God out in front of everybody. Elijah could have been killed. And, and what God does is he removes him from that place. And he knows that he's in trouble and all this other things. But he says, look, Elijah, let me take you away from that. And he takes Elijah to this brook called Cherith and Elijah sits there at this place and he's molded and we see him cared for by God and we get to see the epitome or an example of true humility and what it looks like to really trust God. He's in this wilderness where God provides for him, watch this, with food from ravens. A raven would literally day and night come back and forth with meat and bread in his mouth. And now this is, this is not something common. Ravens are scavenger birds. They don't feed other people. They only fend for themselves. But look at God's providence. Look how he cares for Elijah. Later on in chapter 17, Elijah moves on from the brook and he's, he goes and he finds this, this widow and he's, he's fed by this widow who is actually on her last meal. There's no more food, but instead of it being her last meal, God supplies and he amplifies what she has and it provides for them many days to come. But sadly, while Elijah's there, he, he he, he gets to know the family and the, the son dies and God, Elijah goes and he prays to God and God being the God over life and death raises her son back to life. Chapter 18, I love this. Elijah comes in contact with King Ahab again and he has another confrontation by God's command and he again challenges King Ahab's God, Baal. He said, look, your God, Baal, is a fake. It's about to go down on this mountain. Your God, and we're going to make, we're going to make altars, okay? We're going to make altars with offerings, and your God won't be able to consume the offering. But I'm going to show you who the real God is because he's going to consume this offering when I make this altar. So what happens is the prophets of Baal, they, they get their altar together and they, they start praying day and night and they're on their knees and they're yelling out to Baal. They're even cutting themselves. They, they want Baal to consume this offering. And then my man on the Eli, Elijah on the other side, he's, he's making his altar and he gets it all nice. He puts the sticks and the, the stones in place and he puts the offering on top. And then it says that he pours water on top of the altar on the offering and watch what happens next. God in chapter 18 comes down swooping in fire and he consumes the altar. But not only does he consume the altar and the offering, it says he takes up everything. He, he takes the dust, the sticks, the stones, and he licks up all the water all the way to the last drop of water. Do you see what's going on here? If you don't think that we have a jealous God who hates us putting things before him or idols in the place of worship that he only deserves, we got to read that text again. He, he comes down. He doesn't just take the offering. He, he takes it all, all the way down to the last drop of water. Wow. He goes to great lengths to show himself. And because of this, in this text, what happens is that all the people that see this, they fall on their faces and they recognize him as Lord. Then Elijah goes and he slaughters all the false prophets of Baal. 
Y'all hold on. I, I promise if you're not following me, I, I'm coming to your neighbor because all this is about to make sense in just a moment. Because we see, lastly, God holds on to the proclamation he made with Elijah in chapter 17. And after three and a half years, it rains by Elijah's command. Family, hear me, believers. We serve a God who holds on to his word and his promises. Somebody should be thankful this morning. Now, with all of this, it provides us with the background to where we're now in chapter 19. You're looking at verse 1 and 2 of the text. It's awkwardly funny to me because we see this king, and, a, and again, I say a king, he's, he's running to his wife, tattletelling on another man. It's kind of like the younger sibling tattletelling on the older sibling who just did something they're not supposed to. Now, this is disturbing on many levels because we have a king. A king, the most powerful person in the land, the one who rules the land, supposed to be the head of his household. But here in the text, he's running to his wife, telling on another man. This makes him look powerless. I mean, you would think that he would just have Elijah killed. Like, oh, no, no, I'm the king. I'm going to kill this dude. What kind of king is this? He runs to his wife. But in the text, you got to know who Jezebel is. Jezebel is a wicked woman. I'm sorry if you know somebody named Jezebel or if you named your child. Don't get mad at me. She's wicked in the Bible. (laughs) She's a wicked and domineering woman. And and really, she's the one who truly rules over this kingdom. She's the one who brought Baal worship into the land. And and because she's from another tribe called the Sidonians, I'm going to tell you this, y'all got to be careful who you attach yourself to. When when, when Ahab marries her, she brings in Baal worship and the whole land starts to to worship Baal. You got to be careful who you attach yourself to, who you get married to, who you employ at your company, who you do a Bible study with, who you do life with. You got to be careful who you bring up into your space because a lot of times, if you're not careful, you become what they are. That's what happens in the text. She brought that worship into the land, and here are the people of Israel, they're worshiping Baal. Here we see in our passage that she threatens the life of Elijah, and now we see Elijah running from this woman too. Y'all hear me, she has one man running to her tattletelling, and she has another man running away from him her because she because he's afraid y'all she she she's a bad woman but hear me there's a huge problem with king ahab but there's an even bigger one here with elijah we just went through all that elijah did or god did through him in a three and a half year period he had all these mountaintop experiences with god where he could have easily been killed many a times but he wasn't, and, and now he, I mean, the man just, 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 just killed all the prophets and had a showdown and, and said that this is what, he, they showed him who, the God, who God is, but now in this passage, he's running from a godless woman. He's denounced their God, he's proclaimed the only true God, and now he's running. This brings us to our first point, which is our fleshly reminder. Have you ever been in that place where you you've accomplished something or you or you felt like God used you in a mighty way but soon after you felt you felt worthless you felt drained you felt sinful you ever you ever been there before 
This is the first time when we look at Scripture that where we see Elijah dependent on his flesh, his feelings, his mind. This is the first time where he recognizes his own weakness. And, and I don't believe it, it's a coincidence that it comes after a few mountaintop experiences with God. See, these are the moments in, in life where we're most susceptible to sin, where we're most susceptible to doubt and fear or worry and turning into our own strength. And, and here's the reality. Many of us, we're in that very place right now. If we're not there right now, we've been there at some time during this pandemic. Be honest. Some of us, we walked into 2019 and we had a few mountaintop experiences in 2019 and we're going into 2020 like, oh, yeah, this is about to be my year. I'm about to have an amazing year in 2020. I had a few good experiences in 2019, but it's about to go down in 2020. I got my stuff lined up and then COVID hits. And the bottom falls out. What are we going to do now? Have you ever been at that point before? Well, you went from the mountaintop to what felt like this, this lonely, desolate valley, a place where God seems so distant, or maybe you feel like you, you just came from a, a bad place and now you went to a, another bad place. You ever been there? You, you, and, you, and you're sitting there like, God, can't you just give me a break? Can't I get a minute of relaxation? Can't I just escape all this pain and hardship for just a moment? And many people would say it like this, and y'all have heard me say this before. Are you either going into a storm, you're in the storm already, or you're coming out of a storm? But here's the problem that I like to say. Many times we're in that storm and we're focusing way too much on the storm, and we're forgetting that God is in the storm with us, helping us get through it. Y'all missing God. And number two, we forget that the storm is, is a place where God is really molding and shaping us, helping us learn what it means to really trust him. Focus too, too much on the storm. Here's Elijah who has not doubted before. He's not feared. And my man is running. He's lost sight of God. In Matthew 14, we see this, same very, this very same thing with Peter as he's, he's on the water and he's walking towards Jesus on the water. As long as he keeps his eyes on Jesus, he's walking on the water. But soon enough, though, he starts looking around at the, the wind and the waves and he starts noticing his circumstances. And when he takes his eye off of Jesus, he starts to sink. As long as he's trusting Jesus, he, he's able to walk on this. But, but catch this, when he takes his eye off of Jesus, he starts to sink. He gets caught up with his circumstances, and he starts to sink. He forgot that Jesus was with him. This is exactly where Elijah is in the passage, y'all. He's running and afraid as if God has left him. And many of us, if we're honest, we're in that very place this morning. Friends, hear me. The mind, our flesh, and our, our emotions, what we feel can be very powerful. The text tells us in verse 3 that Elijah, he, my man wasn't just afraid, though. He, he, he left his servant, and he ran to Beersheba, which is 
which belongs to Judah. Elijah has just proclaimed the true God of Israel, and now he left Israel altogether and went to Judah. Now, a little geography lesson here. He left the northern kingdom, Israel. He went all the way down to the southern kingdom, Judah, and then he leaves his servant in Beersheba, which is at the bottom of Judah. And then the text tells us he goes another day's journey into the wilderness. Y'all, Elijah is afraid. He's alone, he's tired, and he's in a place where he feels like he can't trust anyone, not even God. Been there before? He left what he knew was true. He left the place where he's seen God provide time and time again. We walked through all of it because he was afraid. He's in his emotions. He's in his feelings. He's in his mind. He's caught up. He came in contact with one of our worst enemies, our flesh, ourselves. You see, family, whether it's fear or it's control or if it's worry, doubt, that we struggle with all of that, none of that's from God, and, and it can cause us to lose sight really quickly. It doesn't take much. Sometimes it's a, it's a pop-up on your computer screen. It's a, it may be pornography. It's, it's a death in the family. If it's a little, it may be a little bigger like that, or, or it may be a pandemic. Renewal, in order to walk through these times, we got to first trust God, but we also have to, to cover ourselves in what we know is true about us, what God said is true. I, if we want to truly see a renewal of our mind, we want to see our mentality shift and change, we have to saturate our, saturate our minds with what God says about us. It's, it's, it's like memorizing passages. I, I love Romans 8. It's like memorizing the passage from Romans 8, where, where even where it starts in verse 31. It says, if God is for us, who can be against us? You keep on reading in verse 35. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or the sword? Verse 37 through 39 says, no, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Family, we have to constantly hear me gird ourselves with these truths that God gives us, what he believes about us. But, but see, I know there's some of us that are sitting there and you're asking this question because it's coming up. It's like, well, what if I get so downcast in my feelings and in my issues that I can't do anything? I can't read. I can't even pray. Hear me. It's in that place that we, where we addressed a few weeks ago when we were talking through our vision. It's in that place where community and wise counsel from others, it becomes very important. Look, hear me. This is the place where, where people can help us out of this place of toxicity and help point us back to this place of redemption, this redemptive place with Jesus. Sometimes we need some help. And you look at the text. My man, Elijah, <laughs> he ain't got no community around him. Nope, he's by himself. He's literally sitting in his feelings all day, and most likely he is believing lies. I, I, I'm not the prophet that I once was, and I'm not, 
I'm not really who God called me to be. I don't know, I've seen a few acts, but he can't save me from this woman. She, she, she is crazy. I've seen her do some crazy things. She's going to kill me. God can't help me. He's believing lies. Friends, isolation can be a dangerous place for people, not just Christians. Isolation can be dangerous for people because we're not made to be alone. We were all made in the image of God. And if you think about that image, you know anything about Scripture, God himself exists in community. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity. They exist in community. God exists in community. The Godhead, three in one. It's, it's a community. And if that's true and we're made in that image, then that means we were made for community. We need community. This means that we, we, we shouldn't be walking this thing by ourselves. We should be involved in church. We should be coming to church in the watch parties and eyes is opening up. We should be there. We should be involved in a group. We're not made to do this thing by ourselves. Elijah's believing lies. He's lost. Believe me. With all of that, hear me. Watch what happens next in the text. Despite his fear, despite his running, despite his isolation and believing lies, watch this. God, secondly, shows us he cares about us despite our flesh. Mm. You look back at this text in verse 4, we see Elijah losing hope, and he's wallowing in this woe is me type of attitude, saying, Lord, take me. I'm no better than my father's, but let's watch how God reacts. This is the first time we see Elijah doubt, we see him run, we see him not trust the Lord, and God could have easily reprimanded Elijah, whooped him into shape and said, no, no, give me my prophet title back, you ain't worthy of that. But instead, watch what God does. We see God send an angel to graciously wake him up while he's sleeping, not to whoop him into shape or, or not to beat him out of his sleep, but instead he wakes him to eat He lets him rest and gives him food. He gives him warm, fresh bread, not, not cold bread. Uh, 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 it says a cake baked on hot stones. This bread symbolizing life. He puts it right by his head. So my man Elijah ain't even got to move. It's like breakfast in bed, y'all. He knows Elijah has had a long journey and he still has one ahead of him. So he lets him sleep, gives him food, and he rests. Man, isn't God good? See, too many times we, we have this false perception of God and, and, and only being this jealous God and I better follow every commandment he puts in front of me or that's written in the text or I better watch what I say or he's going to strike me down. Y'all ever heard that stuff before? I have. But the truth of the matter is that we serve a loving father. We have a loving father, those that believe on our side, who knows what we're going through. He knows we're going to fail. He knows we're going to doubt. He, he knows we're going to fear. And what does he do? Instead of beat us down, he wakes us up very gently and meets us right at the point of our need. Wow. I love what the songwriter Chris Tomlin says. He says in his song, Indescribable, 
you saw the depths of my heart and you love me the same. Think about that. You saw the depths of my heart and you love me the same. Family, this truth makes me glad. Makes me glad because we have a God who loves us despite our shortcomings. And, and I'm not sure about you, but after a year of being stuck in my house in the midst of a pandemic, being stuck in the in, in, in stay-at-home watches where I'm sitting in my, my, my feelings and starting to believe lies that I, that I know are not true, I, I'm sitting in this place, y'all. I'm thankful and grateful to know that I have a God on my side that's with me no matter what. Amen. See, what we see in this passage is that our salvation and God's love has never been based upon how good we can be or how bad we are, but it has always been about God's grace, his love towards us, and Jesus' work on our behalf. Y'all hear me, it's all from God alone. And, and here in this text, we get a huge picture of God's grace because he did not have to feed Elijah, but he does. He didn't have to wake him gently, but he does. He didn't have to send Jesus to be a sacrifice for our sins. Oh, but he does. Elijah was running away from God, and he could have been punished and probably should have been, but instead, Elijah received grace, a gift he didn't deserve. He didn't do anything to deserve it, but instead, it had all to do with God's love for him. And here's the truth. All of us that believe, we have received that same gift of grace from God in Jesus Christ. And if you haven't believed, that gift is waiting for you. That grace, that gracious gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, which we have done nothing for, is waiting for you. That's through God's goodness. That's his love showered on us through Jesus paying our debt on the cross. Y'all hear me in the text as I was reading, I read it to you earlier. Y'all, he doesn't just do this for Elijah once, though. He does this for Elijah twice in the text. Let me see if I can make this plain. Friends, you ever been at that place where you... You've just been ready to throw in the towel. You've been, you've been done with life. You're, you're just so done with all these things that keep coming up in your life. Things are, uh, it's one bad thing after another, and you're about ready to give up, throw the towel in, and then you have one of those but God moments. You ever been there before? I mean, you're, you're so done with life. Things are so tough. Your marriage is tough. So you're like, I, I, I'm done with this thing. It's on the rock. So my finances are out of hand. I'm done with these finances. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to figure it out. I'm done with these finances. My, my school is going crazy. I, I, I'm done with school. I'm going to do what I want. And you're just at wit's end. And then you have one of those but God moments. Some of y'all can resonate with us, you, you, with this. You, you ever had a buzz, but God moment? But if it wasn't for God, I really would be hooked on drugs. Somebody go with me. But, but if it wasn't for God, I, I wouldn't be here. But if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't be married. But if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have a job. But if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have a house. But if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't have children. But if it wasn't for God. You ever had a but God moment? 
And family, if you can't raise your hands and say yes or amen, let me help you with it right now because everybody should be amen and say, yes, I've had a but God moment because here's the reality. If you can hear my voice or you're watching me and seeing me right now, you're living in a but God moment. You know why? Because we're living in the midst of a deadly pandemic and you're still alive. But God. And the point that I want us to see is that God cares for us. But sometimes he needs us to get to the end of ourselves. Sit in this place of brokenness a little bit so, so that he can become all in all. You see, Psalm 34, 18, I love this passage. It says, the Lord is near to the broken heart and he saves the crust in spirit. That's where Elijah is. God's meeting him right there. You flip to the New Testament, Matthew 5, the Beatitudes, starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and uh, and thirst for righteousness, blessed are the merciful, and blessed are the pure in heart. Hear me, not once does it say blessed are those who feel comfortable or blessed are those who can figure out everything by themselves. I'm looking at it. I can't find it. God desires for us to be in a place where we're broken and we're totally dependent on him. Are you you there this morning? Are you broken? And and hear me, when I say broken, I'm I'm not really just talking about a bad place. I'm talking about a place where you're available for God to just come in and intercede and him to work inside of you and use you as a vessel for his. Are you available? Maybe you're in a place just like my man Elijah and you've lost sight of God. Friends, it's in the place of brokenness that we sometimes learn the most. And most of the time it's, it's when we're used the most. It's good to take a sit, seat in our brokenness from time to time. It's good to sit there for a little while, even though it doesn't feel good. As Dr. Gorton told us last week, this is the place that we run from, especially dealing with race and trauma and things like that. We don't want to sit in the, the place of lament. We don't want to sit in that place of repentance. We, we don't want to sit in the place of our brokenness and our mess. No, no, we run from it. And the reality is we need to sit there for a minute so God can work. Sometimes we need to really live in our brokenness a little to see God for who he truly is and so that God can be who he is by himself with us out the way. Many times we sit struggling and struggling against brokenness, trying to fix it, trying to figure it out and and something, and we're trying to fix something that only God can fix. Believer in here, when's the last time you ran to God and said, Daddy, can you help me with this? Or you're just sitting there struggling with something you know that God can only fix? You got, just got that bad diagnosis, this, this disease or something that's come over you, and you're like, I'm trying to fix it, trying to get this medicine, trying to get this medicine. When's the last time you said, Daddy, Daddy, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? 
My finances are going crazy. I'm in this place. That I, maybe you put yourself there or you didn't put yourself there and you, you, you're still trying to figure it out. Instead, you're, and you're digging a hole deeper and deeper. When's the last time you said, Daddy, I need your help? Friends, many times we sit struggling with stuff and wallowing in our sorrow and in our pain and our feelings and our mind. And we need to sit down and say, Jesus, I need you to help me. God wants us to come to him and depend on him for everything. And hear me, there's some of us that are listening right now, and you're listening, and, 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 and that's you. You're sitting in that place. You're, you're in this place. Your, your mind and your heart is, is all over the place. And, and God is saying, I, I, I see you. Just let me work. Let me, let, me, let me feed you like I did, Elijah. I got you. Some of us are right there right now. He said, let me care for you. Oh, oh, oh you're, you're part of a good church. Why don't you reach out to the pastors or the elders? Let them care for you. Let them give you some guidance. You're lonely. You're alone. Get inside of a group. Just sign up right now. Let, do life with someone else and life on life discipleship. Let that, we're, not, we're not made to go with this thing alone. See, God is trying to, to wake us up like he's doing Elijah in this passage. And he's saying, I know you're in a dark place. I know you feel like you're alone. I know you're running away from me. But hear me, it doesn't scare me. You can run, but you can't hide from me. I'm for you. I'm with you. I love you. Trust me. Family, let's trust them together. Stop running. Because God cares. Let me end with this because God didn't just care for Elijah. But as I mentioned 2,000 years ago, God would care again. And he would send his son Jesus Seeing us in the midst of our mess, in the midst of our pain and our sorrow, he'd see us in our sin and he would send his son Jesus because he cared, because he loved. And Jesus would take the wages of our sin upon himself and die on a cross for us being nailed there with nails in his hands and nails for his feet for things that he did not do. But what we did, because God cared for us. Jesus died and took our sins to the grave and all we got to do is believe in his death, burial, and resurrection and we can be saved and live with him for eternity in heaven forever and ever. God cares. And you may be listening and you're right there and you're saying, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Look here, there are links online. You can call this number or text this number 224-216-4062. We are here with you. We want to hear from you. We want to pray with you, walk you through what it means to be a believer, baptize you. You may be saying, I'm in a space where I need counseling. I need help right now. You can do the same thing. Text that same number. Email us also at at info.renewalchicago.com. There are prayer links online right now. We want to hear from you. I don't want you to leave this platform, the place you're in right now, the same way you walked in. God cares, and we do too. Next week, we're going to continue in this series 
Because the reality is sometimes hearing that God cares is not enough. We need to know that God pursues us too. So I want to see you back here next week. But from this time to next week, read this passage again. And I want you to let it soak in. That God cares. Amen. Let's trust him together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. You are an awesome God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you that you care for us, God. Even when we're running away, we're like Elijah. We're lost in our feelings. We're lost in in all the things that we're thinking and the lies. And the reality is you're sitting there and you still love us. You care for us. You haven't left us nor forsaken us. us. God, let us run to you instead of running away. Let us believe and know that you are the true Good God that the text in the Bible tells us about that many people throughout the ages have experienced. Let us stop running, God. And let us sit with our eyes set on you. And in a figurative way, walk on water like Peter did. Not noticing or looking at the circumstances. But keeping our eyes on you, Jesus perfecter and author of our faith knowing that the good work you started in us you'll finish and until that glorious day we meet you on the other side in heaven God let us believe that you'll never leave us nor forsake us it's in the mighty name of Jesus we say together amen and amen thanks again for tuning into our podcast today i pray that it was a blessing and an encouragement to your soul i look to see you at one of our services at 9 30 or 11 a.m on sunday morning take care god bless you